Today's episode of A New Beginning is brought to you by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn more at harvest.org. And while you're there, browse our library of free ebooks designed to help you grow in your faith. When we come to the subject of Bible prophecy in the book of Revelation, how can you crack the code, so to speak? Revelation is a revealing look at God's plan for the end times, but we can get lost in the terminology and symbolism. Pastor Greg Laurie offers help. I know the password to unlocking the book of Revelation, or we might call it the golden key, and actually it's hanging on the front door of the first chapter. And we're going to make sense of this book. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Some adults have a reoccurring dream about high school. They're standing in front of their locker trying to get it open. The clock is ticking and it just won't open. Well, some feel a similar frustration when trying to unlock all the richness of Bible prophecy, especially from the last book of the Bible. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie opens up the book of Revelation for us. And later, we'll tell you about a book he's just released that takes this insight even further. ever forget your password. I'm forgetting my passwords all the time. And I have to reset them and reset them. And I was on an iPad recently and I got the wrong code and I was locked out for a period of time. Have you ever been locked out of anything? You know, I read that the most commonly used passwords are, get ready for this imaginative choice, one, two, three, four, five, six. Hey, if you want someone to hack your stuff, Definitely use one, two, three, four, five, six as your password. Another popular password that's hacked in less than a second is one, 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 one. <laughs> and then finally, uh, people will put in the word password as their password. Also, the names of people's pets are popular as well. Did you hear about this guy who can't get into his Bitcoin account? Apparently he has 220 million in Bitcoin, but he can't remember his password. His name is Stephen Thomas. He was given 7,002 Bitcoins for some work that he did some time ago. And at the time the value was a few dollars each. So he wrote the password down on a piece of paper, not thinking it was all that important. But now that Bitcoin is worth $220 million. He had 10 opportunities to use a password and he's used up eight of them and he only has two left. Wow, that's a lot of money to be sitting in an account that he may lose access to. Well, in the same way, when we come to the subject of Bible prophecy in the Bible, it can seem so vast, so big, even mystical to us. We wonder, how can I understand all of these things? Because you want to understand it, 
You believe that the Lord could come back because all around us are signs of the times. But how can you crack the code, so to speak? Listen to this. I know the password to unlocking the book of Revelation. Or we might call it the golden key or the encryption key. And actually it's hanging on the front door of the first chapter. And we're going to make sense of this book and try to get a handle on all of these things we hear about, like Armageddon. What is that? The rapture, the second coming. Same event, or are they two events? The millennium, what does that even mean? The 144,000, who are they? The Antichrist, the mark of the beast, all these things we hear about, they're all found here in the book of Revelation. And we're gonna find that golden key together. It's in Revelation chapter one, verse 19. When John writes, write the things that you have seen, the things which are, and the things that will take place after this. There's three sections to the book of Revelation. Number one, the things that you have seen. This is what is being written about here in chapter one. The resurrected and glorified Christ with all power on heaven and earth. The revealed Jesus who is in complete control of all that is about to happen. Then there are the things which are. This is a reference to the seven churches in chapters two to three that we'll look at where we'll get sort of a, a flyover or a chronological look at the church from the early church to the present day. And finally, number three, the things that will happen after these things. After what things? After the church is caught up to meet the Lord in what is called the rapture. We're now living in the things which are category. Let's read now Revelation chapter one. I'm gonna read verses one to eight out loud because there's a blessing attached to doing that, isn't there? Don't you wanna be blessed? Read along with me. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ of all the things he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keeps the things that are written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches who are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who was, who is, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, and has made us kings and priests to God our Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Finally, verse eight, Jesus speaking, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. So here's what we learn from what we have just read. Number one, Revelation reveals that the events of the end times are closely linked together. Uh, verse one says, these events will shortly take place, or another translation, what must speedily happen. We might say, well wait, this was written 2,000 years ago, but this is not referring to soonness, but to quickness of execution once there is a beginning. Remember I said it's like dominoes closely linked together. The idea is when the first one falls, 
The others follow in rapid succession. This is something that once it begins will not stop. It will go quickly. The whole machinery of human history will be slipped into high gear to run its fatal course into judgment. Number two, the book of Revelation is from Jesus Christ revealing himself to us. After all, who's a better source on Jesus than Jesus? This is the Lord himself revealing himself to each of us. Remember the story of those two discouraged disciples on the road to Emmaus after he had been crucified and Christ himself joined them. But they didn't know Jesus was walking with them. And we read that he showed them all the things in the Old Testament about himself. So that's what we have here in Revelation. He's described in verse five as Jesus Christ the faithful witness. If the book of Revelation is nothing else, it's a portrait of Jesus, a selfie of God, if you will. And he's presented as the faithful witness. He's a faithful witness. And man, we need a faithful witness right now. We need a trustworthy source. People are, are coming unhinged with all the crazy conspiracy theories that are out there online and all these fanciful, weird ideas about what's going on. And sometimes they take Bible truths and hijack them and attach other things to them. And we need to distance ourselves from all of this and with a clear-headed way of approaching this, see what the Bible says about our future. And we have no better source to help us with that than the true and faithful witness, Jesus Christ. He always speaks the truth to us, but he always does it in love. You know, the Bible says, speak the truth in love. And if there's one thing that's so clear about the nature of God, it is this, he loves you. I remember years ago, I was with Billy Graham uh, there in New York, in Flushing Meadows, the site of uh, a World's Fair. And Billy spoke to a massive audience and he was a much older man at that point and he had to be helped up to the pulpit to speak. But when he stood up and began to speak, there was so much power in his words. And this man who had walked with God for so many years turned to the crowd and simply said, God loves you. And he turned to the next section and said, God loves you. And he turned to another group of them and says, God loves you. And that just resonated with me. And that's what we learn from Scripture. God loves you. He's a faithful witness. He's a loving witness. What a contrast to the fickle love of our culture today. Our world loves you when you're young and beautiful. In contrast, God loves the plain and aging. Our world loves the famous celebrity and breathlessly follows their every move on social media. In contrast, God loves the unknown nobody. Our world loves the rich and powerful. God loves the poor and the weak. God loves all people. He loves ordinary people like you and me. And you are loved. And because you're loved, He cleanses you of your sins. Look at verse five. He washed us from our sins in His own blood. I want you to notice the past tense of that verse. In other words, this has already been done if you're a Christian. God has forgiven you for all the wrongs that you have done. Because he loved you, he cleansed you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. And whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. We hear from so many people who find Christ through Pastor Greg's teachings. Pastor Greg, I was saved at your Harvest Crusade at Anaheim Stadium about 20 years ago. Before that, I could hardly stand to look in the mirror because I was lost in a world of drugs and violence. In fact, I had many friends and family who died when I was young, and I always figured I wouldn't be far behind. The day I went to your Harvest Crusade, I was kind of embarrassed to be there and didn't understand what this was all about. Then you came on stage and began to grab my attention. God was speaking through your mouth to my heart. I started crying and didn't know why, but I knew I wanted everything you were talking about. The love, the forgiveness, eternal life. You did an altar call for anyone who wanted to accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. I popped up and jumped through the rows to get to the field so that I could commit my life to Jesus Christ. I just felt the need to share this with you. I pray that God continues to use you to help save the lost. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you, Pastor Greg, for sharing God's love with so many. What a great story of how God used the Harvest Crusade to bring this man to Christ. And tell a friend about Pastor Greg's next event, SoCal Harvest, October 3rd at Angel Stadium in Anaheim, California. Get information and get involved by going to harvest.org. That's harvest.org. Well, we're considering what we can learn from the first eight verses of Revelation today in Pastor Greg's opening message of a new series. Today's study is called Your Password to Unlocking Revelation. We also learn from what we just read that when Christ returns, all the world will know. Everyone will know when Jesus comes back again and what we call the second coming. Jesus said, as the lightning shines from the east to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Have you ever seen a lightning storm? Kind of hard to miss, right? Lights up the sky. That's what the second coming will be like. In verse seven of Revelation one says, every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. So Christ is gonna return again in an open way. Also, we discover here that Revelation gives us the only description of Jesus Christ. And it's largely symbolic. You know, it's amazing to me that in all the things written about Jesus, four Gospels, all the epistles, could not someone have described what he looked like? I mean, we do know certain things about certain Bible characters, but we know nothing about the physical appearance of Jesus. Was he tall? Was he short? Was his hair dark? Was his hair light colored? I can tell you this much. He most likely does not look like the more familiar a portrayal of him in a lot of the older religious art uh, with brownish blonde hair. Uh, no, not at all. I'm sure his skin was dark. I think his hair was dark. He was Semitic. But uh, that's not important. If it was important, God would have given us a physical description of him. But here is the only description of Jesus found in the Bible. Again, it is largely symbolic. Revelation 1 verse 14 His head and his hair were white like wool and white like snow. His eyes are like a flame of fire. His feet like fine brass as if refined in a furnace. And his voice is as a sound of many waters. It mentions his eyes being a flame of fire that can be literally translated his eyes shot fire. So it appears that Jesus is indignant about something. There's something he's seeing that he's not 
pleased with. He sees and knows everything. The Bible says everything is open before the one with whom we have to do. You probably used to think your mother had eyes on the back of her head, right? She saw everything. Jesus sees everything. He's aware of everything. You know, when you meet someone, you look into their eyes. Uh, and when a person doesn't want to make eye contact, that's usually maybe an indication of something not being quite right. Uh, but Jesus is looking at us. We read in the Bible that Jesus looked at Matthew and said, follow me. We also read that Jesus looked at Peter after his denial. He's looking at us. He's looking at you. And his eyes are filled with fire. Also, as he looks at us, he's telling us something that's very important. And this is my final point. The book of Revelation tells me to not be afraid. The book of Revelation tells me not to be afraid. I know I've said some things that might alarm someone. Oh wow, what, what, what is the mark of the beast? And, and when is the Antichrist going to show up? And, and will I have to go through this great tribulation period? Here we have this important word in the first chapter of this great book. Don't be afraid. Verse 17. Don't be afraid, says Jesus. I'm the first and the last. I'm he who lives and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Don't be afraid. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, freak out because you're dead. No, he didn't say that, did he? He says, when you see these things begin to happen, look up for your redemption draws near. Don't be afraid. See, the problem is, we're afraid of the wrong things and we're not showing the proper fear of God. We're afraid of, oh, going to the dentist or being audited or someone giving us a hard time. But we don't reverence and fear God. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Now when the Bible tells us to fear God, it doesn't mean be afraid of God. It means to have reverence for God. Have a sense of awe about God. Have respect for God. In fact, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. But on the other hand, if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Are you paralyzed with fear right now about things that can happen if your life is cut short or if some other thing happens? Listen, don't be afraid. Fear God. And when you fear God, you'll have a confidence in Him because you're trusting in Him. David said, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? When we say the Lord is the strength of my life, we can then say, of whom then shall I be afraid? Is the Lord the strength of your life right now? If so, don't be afraid. But as non-believers, I'll tell you what you should be afraid of. You should be afraid of death. And you should be afraid of judgment. And these are things that are coming. But if you put your faith in Jesus, you do not have to be afraid. Let me loop back to something I, I mentioned earlier. Where was this book written? It was written on the island of Patmos. That's the island that John the Apostle was banished to. It's not a tropical paradise. We hear island, we think, oh, cool, island, waves, and he's probably out surfing and sunbathing. No, no, no. <laughs> It was a horrible island that he was banished to, a place of extreme isolation. And I wonder if I'm talking to somebody right now that feels like they're isolated. Maybe you're confined to a hospital bed. Maybe you're incarcerated and you can't get out of the place that you are in. Let me say this. It was in this place of isolation 
that God revealed himself to John in an amazing way. And sometimes in your hardest situations, God can reveal himself to you. Uh, Larry King recently died. and It was my privilege to be in his show uh, back in the early 2000s. And I remember we were having a discussion and Larry always had questions about the afterlife. He had Billy Graham on his show, Franklin Graham on his show, other preachers, and he would always ask him about the afterlife. And I remember him turning to Billy and asking, are you afraid to die? And Billy said he wasn't. When I was with Larry, he asked about, well, you know, why does God allow tragedy and hardship in the world? If God is all powerful, why doesn't he stop it? And I told him the story of a lady who had come to me uh, at church the Sunday before that. This was filmed on a Monday. And she had found out she had breast cancer. And um, she was very afraid. But it brought her to God. It woke her up to her need for Jesus. She said, that horrible event brought me to Jesus. And, and I'm reminded of what the psalmist said when he said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept your word. So I said, Larry, sometimes God can use sickness to get our attention and bring us to himself. And then Larry shot back, well, don't you think Christianity is a crutch? And I said, oh no, Larry. Christianity is a whole hospital. Then just as you're going to break, Larry said, that's a good line, write that down. I hope he heard, I hope you're hearing. And I hope you understand that whatever you're going through, it can be that very event that brings you to God. It shows you your need for Jesus when things are not going the way you want them to go. You can turn to him. Don't run from God, run to God. Because listen, Jesus is coming back again. Yes, one day he'll return as King of kings and Lord of lords, wearing that crown. But before he would wear that crown, when he returns, he would wear a crown of thorns where he would die on the cross for our sin and suffer and die in our place. Because as I said earlier, we're all sinners separated from God. But we can be forgiven of our sin and know him in a personal way. Pastor Greg Laurie with good news about God's plan. It's an offering of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to accept that offer, Pastor Greg will help you do that before today's edition of A New Beginning concludes. If you missed any part of this opening message in Pastor Greg's new series in Revelation, let us invite you to log on for an instant replay at harvest.org. Just look for the message called Your Password to Unlocking Revelation. Again, go to harvest.org. Well, Pastor Greg, we're excited to make available your new book on Revelation in conjunction with our current study series. Mm -hmm. Now, many Bible students know Revelation promises a blessing to those who read, hear, and keep the words of this book. That's right. So it, it seems even the Bible acknowledges that Revelation is no ordinary Bible study. That's right. It stands out from every other book of the Bible. Of course, it's the final book. Uh, at the end of your Bible. And the word revelation means unveiling because it's not God's desire to conceal, but to reveal. And Bible prophecy is not given to scare us, but to prepare us. And there is a special blessing attached to this book in particular. And it's in the first chapter of Revelation. And that 
promise is, blessed is the person that reads, hears, and keeps the words of this book. So, David, it's interesting because that phrase read means to read out loud. So Hmm. there's a blessing on you if you will simply read this book, but then it says you must hear it. You know, Jesus would often say, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Our our modern vernacular would be, listen up, pay attention. So I have to read it, I have to hear it, and then finally, I need to keep it meaning I need to take these truths in this book and apply them in their own life. When we study Bible prophecy, it's not just to know more about the future, but it's for us to know how we should live in the present. And we are not only teaching on it here on A New Beginning, but we have a brand new book that we have just completed. It's a thick, hardcover book, a commentary, if you will, On the book of Revelation, here's what I've had a lot of people say to me. For the first time, I understood how this book applied to me. I think this is a very understandable book, a very relevant book, especially Mm -hmm. for the times in which we are living. So for your gift of any size, we're offering you this brand new book, hot off the presses, simply titled Revelation, subtitled A Book of of promises. So whatever you can send to help our ministry is greatly appreciated. This helps us to get the gospel out, get the teaching of the Word of God out. So order your copy of this brand new book, Revelation, A Book of Promises. Yeah, that's right. And we'll rush a copy back to you to thank you for your investment in these daily teaching opportunities. It's only through listener support that we can continue to come your way. So get in touch today for Pastor Greg's new book, Revelation, A Book of Promises. And by the way, we're including a custom bookmark along with the book. It shows the timeline of God's end times events graphically. It helps you see the order of events very clearly. It comes automatically with the book. So send your donation today to A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call us at one 800 821 3300. We can take your call anytime, 24 hours a day at 1-800-821-3300 or go online to harvest.org. Well, Pastor Greg, a few moments ago, you spoke of how someone can accept God's offer of eternal life. Mm -hmm. Could you help the person who wants to do that very thing right now? Yes, I'd be delighted to. Listen, as you've listened to this program today, Maybe something's been happening inside of your heart where you're sensing, I need to do this personally, but how do I do it and what do I do? Let me help you. It's very simple. In fact, it's so simple you may be shocked. God, this relationship with him is just a prayer away. The Bible says, if you will call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So I'd like to lead you in a prayer where you do just that. You call on the name of the Lord. This can be the moment where you change your eternal address, literally from hell to heaven. Just pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for me and rose again from the dead. Jesus, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In your name I pray. Amen. I know. It's such a simple, short prayer. But you just called on the name of the Lord. And you know what? He heard that prayer. And if you meant that prayer in your heart, he answered that prayer. 
Now let me help you to get started on the right foot in your new life in Jesus Christ. The greatest adventure awaits you, the life of walking with God. I want to send you what we call a New Believer's Growth Pack that includes the New Believer's Bible and a whole lot more. And let me be the first to say to you, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Yeah, and to get that free New Believer's Growth Pack, just ask for it if you've prayed along with Pastor Greg to receive Christ today. We'll be glad to send one your way, free of charge. Write us at A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call 1-800-821-3300. Call us anytime, 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org and click Know God. Well, next time, more from Pastor Greg's series in Revelation. He asks, what if Jesus sent you an email? More practical insight from this rich book of Bible prophecy. Join us here on A New Beginning. The preceding podcast was made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn how to become a Harvest Partner, sign up for daily devotions, and find resources to help you grow in your faith at Harvest.org.